on this week's FPL Happy Hour. Oh, it's because of the uh, Ropey Cup, uh, and uh, it might ha- be happening all the way until May. So, well, we'll see about that, won't we? <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to FPL Happy Hour, episode 25 of season three with myself, Sham, otherwise known as FPL Two Guys One Cup on Twitter. And myself, Rob, otherwise known as FPL Panda. Rob, how are you? Have you missed me? No. <laughs> Sad times. <laughs> um, I've missed well, you. You're never here anymore, mate. <laughs> oh, it's because of the uh, Ropey Cup uh, and uh, it might ha- be happening all the way until May. So. Well, we'll see about that, won't we? <laughs> At least you're not you're not going to be in Vienna. Um, I'm not next week after uh, it appears that West Ham have been given a ban on fans traveling. Yeah, so uh, I don't know too much of the detail, but I think there was a flare uh, in the in the crowd, and then it was I think it was thrown on the pitch. Maybe I'm not sure. We got a ban. Um, so fans are not allowed in this in in the ground next week. But the problem is, is that loads of people have bought tickets and uh, like plane tickets and accommodation and whatever. And that's you know is one thing doing it to the club is another thing kind of comp- you know putting fans out of pocket. And you know people have paid over a thousand pound for tickets and stuff. So just disappointing from a fan perspective. I yeah, think. considering it's what nine days away as well yeah next so Thursday. yeah it's uh it is quite late notice um although i don't know some fans will have like it will like you you'd be silly to buy flights and stuff without some form of insurance at the moment i don't know if that would cover it though it it, it would do certain oh, types if, if you're traveling for sports and stuff um you can get like certain cover um but at the moment like for all we know austria could go into lockdown next week as half of europe seemed to be so um yeah people would have had to have cancelled their flights anyway it was um yeah never know covid times covid times indeed oh well the international break is almost finished we're recording on tuesday so it's the last day of internationals today and then um Premier League starts again on Saturday, right? Yeah. Uh, it's all back and going. And then it's like, I think I read somewhere it's like 10 game weeks in 40 days or something like that. So it's pretty quick yes. um, succession of games. It's, um, it's going to be a, a hectic schedule uh, coming up. Um, means it'll be exciting. Um, it seems to, with the international break in September, then the one in October, then the one in November, it just seems like it's been very stop start but now it's just going to be pretty intense and then it goes stop start again january february then international break in march and yeah it's it'll be sort of back to how it was again um but yeah exciting right 
we've got two topics for you tonight that we're going to be discussing. Um, we normally do our ones to watch, but in our, one of our topics, we are covering some players um, to watch. So we thought we'd just incorporate in one. So uh, one of the topics that was chosen by you, um, the Twitter, um, I guess, viewer, listener, um, was 6.5 to 8.5 midfielders. So we thought we'd cover a few. And I know a lot of people are like looking in that range at the moment, moving away from certain players, moving away from Havertz or uh, and going towards like Jota, Rafinha, um, Mount, looking at different options. So we thought we'd cover them with the stats. And then someone asked a question um, about benching um, over Christmas. Do we need to have a bigger bench? Uh, you know, what's the state over Christmas? Because obviously, uh, as we just mentioned, games are kind of moving thick and fast. So should we look at benching, um, have, having bigger benches? And uh, Rob's done some work on, uh, I guess, how many days in between matches and what that looks like. And we're going to evaluate whether or not we should. Right. Before we do all that, did you manage to load up the our teams and stuff or uh, not? Because yeah, I know the Premier see. League website went down, didn't it? Yeah, uh, we can have a look at how we did. Let's have a look at how you did back in game week 11 <clears throat> um, quite a while Seems ago. so long ago, doesn't it? Yeah. So I think I finished on, from the top of my head, I think it's 72 points that I finished on. Um, I had a good game week. Um moving from kind of 90 i think it was 99k and i finished on i think 45k now i am ranked so uh, if you remember pre uh salah's hat trick against united i was doing really well um and it was kind of like 40k and then that game week absolutely fucked me um and I went down to 220k. I'm now back to around where I was before. So I'm moving in the right direction. Happy with with that. Half my rank. I think I had a really good... I need to, I'm going to double check. I was really surprised. I had a great game week rank score. But then only half my rank. So my game week rank score was... Um, let me have a look. 88,000. Right? And that's pretty good for a game week rank score. But then I only halved my rank, which I was a bit surprised about, Maybe which made me think a that a long... in the top 100k yeah. all got good scores, whilst there's lots yeah. of people at like... Lower down that didn't. One and two million that didn't. All the gaps are getting bigger, right, in terms of between whereas the beginning of the season between maybe 200k and 50k there was like 15 points in it or 20 points in it, not a lot. Whereas now it's kind of 40 or 50 points so it's a lot more difficult to kind of go up the ranks quicker whereas earlier on which makes sense because obviously the more game weeks have gone um so yeah good game week very pleased with that um and yeah we was it we move is what they say well, the, the only disappointing thing with it was i was genuinely tempted to bench boost and the only reason why i didn't bench boost because i was like don't really want to bench boost with Foster on the bench against Arsenal. They're not going to keep a clean sheet. But with Diaz and Livermento, I did want to. And then Brownhill playing Chelsea was suddenly going to be like a one or two pointer. My bench ended up scoring, was it 23 points? So that was the only kind of... And I do want to use my bench boost in a single game week if the opportunity comes up this season. I've said that from the beginning. So I'm, just, I'm going to have a look at if there's any positions later on in the week of the year to do that. Yeah. Well, probably not in the next 10 game weeks. <laughs> Maybe not. No, not the 10 <laughs> uh, Right. How did you get on, Rob? Um, it wasn't a great week for me. Um, it, well, it was looking great until the last minute of the Brighton game. It would have been a, 
it'd have been a good game week. Um, yeah, 44 points, um, a drop down to 310k, I think it is. Um, so like a 100k drop as well in there, um, which is a bit cutting after a few really good weeks, sort of the last four or five weeks being really good. Um, yeah, Cancelo, uh, obviously, he uh, made me feel a little bit better about uh, the United performance because, uh, yeah, his two assists and his clean sheet. Um, yeah, but he's kind of everyone's got that. Um, but, I mean, I, last week we were both guests on uh, FPL Penguins uh, podcast separately. And mm-hmm. um, I kind of, my thoughts were, I should have maybe gone with the same logic that I did before um, and not banked on that Brighton uh, clean sheet and sort of started Veltman, but uh, had Gaeta in there who also had a reasonable fixture. Um, and yeah, that's, I mean, that's a seven point swing just there. And that's yeah. the difference between a green and a red arrow. Um, but now it's a case of, yeah, don't panic. I'm in a, decent spot with how my team is at the moment. I've got my wild card to play in uh, three game weeks time. Um, so I'm, I'm content and know that, yeah, if I get that wild card right, um, yeah, I should be able to fry myself up there in the next uh, few weeks, especially with the, um, yeah, the hectic schedule coming up because having that wild card to be able to sort of pick and choose what players uh, I want um, for that Christmas schedule, I think it's going to be a bit of an advantage where other people might have, when inevitably end up having to take hits along the way. Yeah, agreed. No, I think you're right. Okay. Right. Let's have a look then at 6.5 to 8.5 midfielders. Um, I think within this bracket at the moment, you know, the people are moving around to the likes of Sun and Kane. And uh, this this bracket is really one of those, you're probably going to want one or two at least within these kind of bracket midfielders, I would say, generally. Um, and it's really difficult to kind of choose who to get. Now, one that's coming up to the emergence, a lot of FPL managers is is Jota because of Firmino's injury. And so that's one of the reasons why I thought it'd be good to talk about it, because is it worth bringing in Jota? Um, you know, I can only speak for myself. My original plan always from the from kind of a few weeks ago, I've always said was Havertz out, Sun in. And that was my plan up until this Jota news. And now I'm kind of not sure and I'm kind of looking around. So that's why I thought it would be a good idea to look at it. Um, So we've got five midfielders within this price range. Uh, We've got Jota, Rafinha, Foden, Havertz and Zaha. Um, All, you know, good for different reasons. Uh, Some fixtures, some form. Um, So let's have a look at them. Uh, Rob, do you want to talk us through it? Um, Well, let's start off with what, I mean, from the stats point of view, Havertz seems to be... Um, the worst of the five. Um, he doesn't lead the way on any of the stats that we normally look at, sort of those attacking bases um, that we look at. Um, he's only scored 36 points a season. You could maybe 
forgive him that because his lack of minutes. I mean, he's only played 570, um, although Foden's played 15 minutes less and scored four more points this season. Um, but all of the other guys, they, they've all played um, over, well, mostly over sort of 650 minutes. Um, but in, even with that, uh, the, his stats per 90 don't even really match up to anyone. Um, yeah, three shots per 90, and considering he was playing as um, at, as a forward um, for the last three weeks, for say like 220-odd minutes, because uh, he was substituted a couple of times. So say like 220 to 250 of those minutes, he's been playing as an out-and-out -out forward and he's still averaging three shots per 90, um, whereas like Rafinha's 3.9 shots per 90 leading the way. So, yeah. For me, this this graph with regards to Havertz is, and one of the reasons why I said to add Havertz in this was not to necessarily look at buying him, but to compare him to the people that are around his price bracket. And for those that do have him to go, right, okay, this is who you've got do you who do you want to move to because and and how does he compare because with the likes of Lukaku and Werner coming back from injury um number one you know the last few weeks he was pretty nailed in in that Chelsea side as a number nine whereas I don't think he's going to be over the next couple of weeks and then on top of that you add these statistics compared to the other players to me I think he's a non-option now yeah I mean if you look at that Chelsea side especially in the last sort of uh, three or four weeks, like that right-hand side um, of the attack, you're probably thinking like hudson Adoy's probably more or less got himself nailed in there on that right, like as that right side. And then never, Burnham, never say nailed and uh, nailed Chelsea. <laughs> and Chelsea together, yeah. Um, but I, I mean, he's in incredible form, isn't he, hudson Adoy? So you you wouldn't expect Havertz to slot in there. Um, maybe back into the midfield. Um, yeah, you've got Jorginho Kante's back from, uh, will be coming back from injury. Uh, but Kovacic has been performing really well. Um, so you couldn't, probably couldn't drop uh, him. Um, we obviously, yeah, Mount and his heroics a few weeks ago. Um, it would probably be between Havertz and Mount that sort of maybe rotate around. Um, to fill that sort of final spot in the midfield, and yeah, I, I, I we know that Tuchel likes to rotate his team, and it it's just that screams of rotation um, to me uh, with Avert. So yeah, he's very much a a sell. Like if you own him, then I mean you're looking to sell him this week. Um, if I owned him, I'd be selling him this week. Um, yeah, it's just I just can't see him starting sort of more than two of the next six, like two or three of the next six, which is just not good enough uh, for me for a player that's priced at over 8 million. Um, next up, uh, let's go to Zaha next because, um, yeah, he's been producing some reasonable numbers uh, with uh, more of the sort of creative side rather than his goals. Um, we know that he's on penalties for Palace, which um, does give him that little boost. Um, yeah, so I think two of his four goals this season 
there have been penalties uh, so far. Um, but this Palace side looks like kind of reminding me how West Ham were last season. Yeah. Um, Not this season, because obviously we're fucking massive at the moment, right? Yeah, I mean, they play at Sellers <laughs> Park still. At least they play at a football ground. Um, <laughs> but, but uh, I mean, they're a team that looks like they're full of confidence. Uh, the fact that they haven't been at full strength yet this season. Um, like Eze and Lise haven't really come back in yet. Um, there's up top now, they, it seems like they've got some options. Benteke's um, kind of stepped up a little bit and performed a lot better knowing that Edward's there to um, take his place. Or they've played both of them up top, uh, which we saw last time out. Um, and I think that actually makes Zaha a better player because um, he's not trying to do too much, which we used, we used to see um, in the last sort of two or three seasons. Um, Zaha would be out, he'd do everything and then he wouldn't play that final pass. He'd take it on himself whilst now he's playing that final pass and um, yeah, he's creating chances. Only got the one assist so far, but he's creating the chances. Um, yeah, so I mean, his shot creating actions so far this season is 32 at 3.5 per 90, um, which is out of uh, these five is comparable with Jota at 3.6 per 90. Um, obviously, Rumfinia is miles ahead of everyone, but there's no one to finish his, uh, the creativity that he can supply. Um, his goal Just creating... quickly, a mad, a mad thing on Rafinha that I've just realised, he's got no assists this season. No. Which just goes, to, and, and considering his creativity is, you know, way above all of these players, um, and he's had no assists, just goes to show Leeds are really struggling with finishing those chances. And if they didn't have Rafinha, they would be properly fucked. Oh, yeah. They'd, I mean, they need to get Bamford back. They need to hit some form. Um, otherwise, they're going to get dragged into this relegation battle. Um, like Norwich are down. Like, there's no doubt about it. They're, they're going to go down uh, this year. But then there's the likes of Newcastle, Burnley. Uh, you could probably argue Brentford slightly. Um, Villa. Um and then Leeds like getting dragged uh, back in there, and yeah, you just—they've got to turn it around. They've got to—they've been unlucky. They have been luck unlucky with injuries and stuff. Um, but yeah, before you know it, they're like they're currently where are they? Sixteenth, fifteenth, um, only with eleven points. They're only three points outside the relegation zone. So, yeah, a couple of losses um, in the next five and they could see themselves uh, really under pressure. Um, and with Spurs up next, they play Spurs, Brighton, Palace, Brentford as their next four. Um, but then over the Christmas period, they play Chelsea, City, Arsenal and Liverpool. <laughs> All in a row. It doesn't get any yeah. So they need to pick up two or three wins in their next four. <laughs> Um, otherwise, yeah. they're going to go into the new year in the relegation zone, which is quite anyway. Go on back to Z back to Zaha. 
Back to Zaha. Um, we know he's not afraid to take a shot. Um, it's 15 shots um, so far this season. I mean, it averages at 1.6 per 90. I, but, I mean, I... I think if we looked at him sort of at this stage last season, that probably would have been double. Um, but that just shows that the, the quality in the team and that the confidence he has in the players around him, um, the likes of Gallagher, Eduard, Benteke, um, all there to help him um, now, whereas you know, he was very much the talisman before. Would you say he's still the talisman at Palace? It's difficult, isn't it? Um I think if Gallagher's not in the side, yes, he's a talisman. But the way that Gallagher's playing at the moment, he's probably playing more of a talisman than Zaha. Um, although I still wouldn't say Gallagher is a talisman there. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think there is a. Ta- I don't think uh, you can say he's a talisman at not the moment like because in the past, Zaha, with, Zaha, with them. yeah, I think, I think you know there were some statistics, uh, you know, for the last few years, not even just last year or whatever, that without Zaha in the side. Um, you know, they were shit and they weren't, they con- they would, their win rate was like ridiculously rubbish. Um, whereas I think now Zaha could not play in that side for 10 games and I think their win rate would probably be quite good or yeah, comparable to yeah. with him in there or the same. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I don't think he's relied upon at the moment, which just goes to show how, how good, um, Bier has done with the transfers that he's made and kind of the moulding of the squad, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he's... We'll just touch on that with Palace. They they seem a lot more solid at the back, which is strange considering it's only really uh, Guehi that they've brought in uh, and Cahill's been playing really well uh, there as well. And, yeah, they've sort of got this solidity at the back that's meant that they've now got this... Um, more of a freedom with the forward players, whereas before the forward players, their first fault was always about defending. Mm. Um, in the couple of years under Hodgson, now the forward players, their first fault is getting the ball down and moving it forward. Um, yeah, and doing I, it quickly, I mean, you... and they're like this—they're an explosive side. Yeah, you you think of Palace, and you don't. I always used to think of Palace's uh, lack of creativity was in that side. You've got Zaha, Elise, Eze, Edouard, uh, Benteke. Some, you know, people laugh at Benteke, but he's one to finish. He can finish. Um, And Gallagher, Hmm. you know, take Benteke out of that side. Just from a creativity point of view, those are five good creating players that Hmm. that can create goals. And then you've got Benteke there to put him away and, and even if you haven't got Benteke you've got Edouard he's a great finisher as well mm. um so I think this this Palace side can can easily get top half this season easily oh yeah I, I'm confident they'll finish top half I think they'll push I still I think with five six games to go they could have a outside chance of like that conference league spot yeah yeah. Um, or maybe even further up yeah, into the Europa League spots, depending on sort of uh, like you, you've, you're going to expect that United will come good at some point. Uh, Spurs will come good um, at some point. Um, 
Arsenal have it's been progress well. though right yeah it's progress though for Palace because they haven't been a top half side for a long time and if you were to ask a Palace fan you know would you be happy with a ninth place finish this season they'll probably say yes probably the best part of 30 years yeah you know <laughs> no, exactly so I think it's progress for them if they can get top half <clears throat> I think that's a good season for them yeah um right so that's Zaha um yeah, I mean, is just finally is non-penalty xG kind of speaks for itself. One point three non-penalty xG uh, so far for the season, so it's like zero point one four per ninety, which is pretty horrendous. Um, but with his four goals, um, yeah, I think it's two of them were penalties. Um, just quickly before we move on from Zaha, um, I know we're comparing six point five and eight point five midfielders, but um, I actually prefer Gallagher to Zaha. I think based on the stats that we've gone through and, you know, next week, I think we're going to discuss uh, sub 6.5 midfielders as well. So we'll look at um, Gallagher's stats, but he's one that we've looked at over the last few weeks. And I think, um, you know, I think over the last few weeks, me or you have used him as our one to watch because uh, we like Gallagher. Um, so out of Gallagher and Zaha for the, one plus million saving. I'd probably look at Gallagher. I don't know about yourself. Uh, yeah, I've got uh, in Sky Fantasy. I've got Gallagher in both my teams at the moment because um, he's, he's fantastic value in that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it depends how what you want to do. If you wanted to go to Zaha and take the gamble, then yeah, go for it. Um, but you could maybe turn Havertz into Gallagher, which then can turn your um, Vardy into Kane, like something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it's a uh, it's one to ponder with them. Right, moving on. Um, let's go on to Phil Foden next. Um, who has? I mean, he started off the season um, being whether it was injury. I think it was an injury um, that sort of he brought away from. Uh, the Euros in the summer, um, but has sort of, I think Pep was very careful about bringing him back too early, um, but now he's pretty much starting week in, week out uh, for City, um, performing really well. He's, this partnership that he's got with De Bruyne is um, just something else. <laughs> um, the two of them just know each other's game inside and out. Um, and for Foden, it's, I think he's actually now more of a threat than De Bruyne is. Um, I think De yeah, Bruyne kind of, I think De Bruyne, and we saw it in the United game um, a couple of weeks ago, De Bruyne um, tends to now operate solely in that um, area from like the halfway line to um, the sort of edge of the D, um, the penalty area, um, whilst Foden operates in that area from sort of halfway, um, pretty much that last third um, and into the box. Um, yeah, magnificent talent. Um, you know, shots, he's taken 15 shots um, at the moment, which is quite low, but uh, 2.4 per 90. Um, but I mean, it's still more than Zaha. Um, shots on target, um, yeah, hits the target 60% of the time. Um, which is huge, 15 shots, nine on target. 
Um, but that's probably credit to, uh, well, it's credit to both his movement. It shows that he can create himself space to give him time to get that shot on target. Um, and also, I mean, he plays in a team of superstars, doesn't he? So, like, there's players that are going to be able to put the ball into the right places for him. Um, people like De Bruyne, Bernardo, um, Cancelo, who have all been performing uh, really well creatively. Um, da -da -da -da. Um, shot creating actions, uh, 16, fairly low, but again, yeah, the amount of minutes, it's 2.6 per 90, um, which is more than Havertz, but yeah, less than uh, the other three uh, of the players. Uh, Non-penalty XG of 2.9, or oh, not on penalties, so that, um, yeah, his XG is 2.9, um, an XA of 1.6, uh, which gives him um, expected contribution of 0.73 per 90, which is actually uh, the second highest uh, out of all of these five. Um, what are your thoughts on Phil Foden? He's only 15% owned um, at the moment the as well. The problem, the problem is, is where to fit him in, and it's a real. I think out of the five players that we're looking at now, I don't think you can fit three of them in. Or you know, <clears throat> it's difficult depending on the makeup of your squad. You can, but for my side specifically, I can only fit two in. So it's a shootout between Jota, Rafinha, and Foden having only two. Now for me. At the moment, I prefer Rafina. That would be my kind of number one choice at the moment for these fixtures. We've spoken about how important he is for Leeds. Um, and then it's between Jota and Foden. And I think with Firmino being out for at least mid-December, that's kind of seven game weeks where Jota pretty much will be starting most of the games. There might be the odd game that Origi might play, but most likely Jota's going to be starting. And I think I would take a starting Jota in a Liverpool side that have been the most explosive side from a scoring potential this season, which they have been. They've been better than City from a goals perspective um, than Phil Foden, who probably will start most games, but, you know, has that potential rotation risk. That's yeah, my I mean, personal opinion. I mean, yeah, next... I don't think I don't think it's a bad pick. Yeah, I mean, if you look at those, I mean, the next seven games, you look at City have got, I mean, Everton and West Ham as the next two, but then after that, Villa, Watford, Wolves, Leeds, Newcastle, Leicester, Brentford, um, that takes you up to game week twenty-one uh, before they play yeah, Arsenal. Um, Liverpool, a similar sort of level of. Uh, run of games. They got Arsenal um, next, and then Southampton, Everton. I mean, Everton's a derby. It could be anything happening there. Um, Wolves, Villa, Newcastle. Then we got Spurs, Leeds, Leicester. Um, there, and it's. I mean, you'd probably argue Liverpool, um, City probably have the slightly better run of fixtures, like marginally, um, after the next two weeks. But Liverpool have got, like, as you said, that explosiveness where on their day they can rip anyone apart. Um, I mean, so can City. They, they can rip anyone apart on their day. We know that. But 
I feel like with City, they would rather, and this isn't, there isn't any statistics to back this up. This is just my kind of eye test. They would be happy with a 2 0 win, then go to score five. Whereas with Liverpool, I feel like they would want to score five. Yeah, they wouldn't care that they'd, they'd, they'd win 5 2. Like, yeah, they, they that's just the impression five. that I get. Yeah, that's the impression that yeah, I get. I that mean... you see, when they were 5 0 up against United, you know, loads of people said they could have scored nines and tens that game. They were just wasteful and just didn't put them away. So they were still attacking and kept on trying to score more. Whereas I don't think City are like that. They'll kind of pass the ball around and have the odd shot here and there. I don't think they're as ruthless in that sense. Which is funny because City never used to be like that. But that's the impression that I get from them this season. I mean, the other thing to note with these two sides, uh, Liverpool have more or less qualified um, from their group in the Champions League. Well, City haven't. That's true. Um, although, like, they beat PSG next week and they turned that group upside down. And um, like, they, like, they beat, yeah, I think they play PSG away. They win away. Um, then you know, they, they're pretty much guaranteed through. But if they lose, then they've got a crunch match in match day six of the Champions League. Um, mm-hmm. Which, yeah. Do you think that Pep then does he would he rest Foden against? I think it will be between the West Ham and the Villa game, the Champions League. Um, so yeah, does he rest Foden um, against West Ham um, or not? That like, I think there's that. It's a possibility, right? And and it's uh, I mean you, we see this with City as well that when they are winning. Like two nil, like Pep's not like you going right. You can come off, give someone else to run it because he's got the squad to do it. Um, knowing yeah. that it won't, like, can even do it at one nil because he knows that it doesn't really weaken the team. Um, like he could bring Foden off for Gundogan, and it's still a brilliant team. Um, yeah, like, bring Fo- uh, KDB off for Gundogan. It's still a great team. Um, yeah, it's. The rotation with City, um, we haven't seen it as much defensively. I think that's now um, more or less like you, you've seen Cancelo's kind of uh, got that left back spot to himself now. Zinchenko hasn't got a chance really getting in. Like you'll probably play a couple of games over the Christmas period, but you can't see um, Cancelo being taken out of that left back spot for a while. Walker. Um, is the same at right-back. As long as Cancelo is playing left-back, Walker's always going to be playing. Um, and at centre-half, like, uh, Diaz looks like he is pretty much there all the time. Um, and then it's, I mean, Laporte probably slightly ahead of Stones, although isn't Laporte injured at the moment? I know he's suspended. Uh, he was suspended. Yeah. yeah. I, I suspended. don't know if he's back. I know he was suspended. Um, I think he is back. So, yeah, that's maybe a question to be answered this week. Does Laporte just stop back in? I think he probably does because he's been uh, Pep's first choice so far this season ahead of Stones. Um, but that's the only dark part of the pitch where um, you could pick most of the starting players. Whereas, um, yeah, I think with Foden, you're taking that gamble. Right. 
Um, that's enough of City. Liverpool then, um, as we've touched on them, obviously, with this fantastic run uh, coming up. And then Firmino's injury, Mane's injury. Um, it's kind of meant that Jota is more or less guaranteed to start um, at least for the next sort of five, six weeks um, for Liverpool. Um, I, there might be games where he plays as out on the left. And they, like, you'd think against Southampton, Southampton at home, like, Klopp would probably stick Origi up top and stick Jota out on the left um, just to give Origi a run out. Like, yep. um, same with Wolves away, Villa at home, Newcastle. Like, there, there are games there that Jota might not necessarily um, play in Firmino's role, but it's still highly likely. Um, he's only scored four goals this season. It hasn't been as prolific, um, like 0.5 goals per 90, um, which is makes it sound a bit better. But yeah, four goals nonetheless. Um, I think last season he was scoring over one goal per 90 um, after his move from Wolves to Liverpool. Um, so yeah, a lot more prolific. Um only got the one assist, but then again, that could change at any time. His expected assist is uh, 2.4 um, at 0.32 per 90, which is pretty high for expected assists. Uh, and it is the highest out of all of these five. Um, he is playing in a team where he can create chances. Um, he does get into space uh, to be able to have time to create those chances. And he has got an elite finisher in Mohamed Salah. Um, to to feed into so I think the assists will come uh, with him starting more because um, he can sort of maybe get some momentum uh, that's probably the thing that has probably stopped him at the moment would you agree probably uh, like some momentum starting a run of games I don't know he's one of these players and this is where I'm in a real spot because I never really I had him in the early part of the season and then I took him out he's been one of those players that you think if he gets a run of games, he will, you know, deliver in this side, especially in this Liverpool side. But he just hasn't been. And that's a kind of disappointing thing. Um, but now with Firmino being out, uh, you know, it could just be, like you're saying, that momentum of having seven or eight games where you're starting every game, whereas before it was kind of maybe three and five or something like that. Um, so, yeah. Hopefully it's just that and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely on my radar um, this week. I, like I, I, Arsenal have been good, but Liverpool have just been brilliant um, so far this season. Um, I mean, if we if you take away the, uh, the game at the Athletic Stadium uh, a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> uh, then... Other than that, you, we've seen sort of impressive performance after impressive performance. Um, from even them. then, they still scored two goals, right? Yeah, um, and on another, on, an, on, on, on another day, they win clearly. Um, like they well, to be fair, we should have scored like five, so yeah, but they could have, I scored don't know about seven. winning. <laughs> um, <laughs> like on a, seven I mean, five, on another day, uh, it could have been another result, um. But yeah, you'd still bank them um, in the next 
well, six, six, eight weeks, maybe to get around. Like they could probably pick up 20 points in the next week, eight weeks, um, like seven wins and a draw, um, or six, six wins and a couple of draws in there. Um, Here's my, uh, I know this is like completely off topic, but you just kind of made me think. Here's my, was it unpopular, like outrageous thought of the season? I think it's a real possibility that West Ham could be top on Christmas Day. That is pretty outrageous. Even with the picture. It is outrageous. It is outrageous. But I think there's a you possibility just look at that the Norwich, that little run where you've got Norwich, Southampton and Watford. No, because that's only like a couple of games before Christmas, right? The reason why I think that is because out of the next few games, we have City and Chelsea, who are obviously above us at the moment in the league, or, you know, joint points, City. And it's not outside the realm of possibility that we could win those two games. It's not. Hmm. It genuinely isn't. Yeah, we, we If we can beat Liverpool, we can beat City and Chelsea. And if we beat those two, obviously they drop points. That gives us a good chance to be top on Christmas Day. It doesn't guarantee anything, though. Of course, it doesn't. Of course, because it doesn't. United, but that's why it's that's why it's a hundred to one and not two you, to one. You United I mean? were top at Christmas last year, and look well, look where we are now. Um, uh, but yeah, that's just uh, my little interlude. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, Dota. I think it's. He's probably the safest option out of these five to go at the moment. Um, but the moment uh, I see Klopp say that Firmino is back, um, yes, that's the moment where you'd probably have to get rid of him sharpish. Um, mm -hmm. Because then you're just not guaranteed the minutes, um, at least until... Uh, the African Cup of Nations, but that's not until like game week 26, I think it is. Um, anyway, so finally uh, up is Rafinha, who tops um, a lot of our uh, stats. Uh, doesn't uh, the expected stats? He doesn't do. I mean, does reasonably well, but uh, yeah, Jota tops all the expected stats. Rafinha. Uh, tops a lot of the uh, actual stats. Uh, 35 shots uh, on goal, 3.9 per 90. Um, I can see that becoming less, though, when Bamford uh, comes back from injury. Um, yeah, 12 of those 35 on target for 34%, which yeah, shows he's just not... He's not very... He's, he, does, he takes a lot of shots, but he's not very cr uh, critical with them. Um, and a lot of those do tend to end up in, like, Rosie... Um, or near the corner flag um, from like, just watching. Uh, it's because a lot of them are outside the box, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he likes to cut in and take that shot and then half the time he slices it. Um, yeah. But we know that he is but explosive. Saying that, he's, even, though, even though his um, shots percentage is low, he's still taken got more shots on target than any of these five because of the volume that he's shooting right but yeah. like you say when Bam when when um when bamford comes back that's probably going to go down yeah i mean in comparison um so he's 35 or 12 on target uh jota um 
who's second. Um, 20, 22 shots, nine on target, so 40.9%, um, which kind of leans me toward, more towards Jota as well. Um, so yeah, 3.9 shots per 90, shot creating actions per 94.5, um, a non-penalty XG of three, an XA of two, giving him a um, expected goal contribution per 90 of 0.55, um, which, again, I can see with Bamford back, should increase because um, that's what I think he's missing someone in, in that top end of the pitch that um, mm -hmm. is up there with the quality that he has um, Yeah, in that side at the moment it's only really Calvin Phillips and he's nowhere near um, the sort of attacking threat that could help him um, so that I think that's my concern with Rafinha I mean 6.6 .6 million um, it's still relatively cheap, so it's cheap enough to take a gamble. But again, there's players that are even cheaper um, that yeah, we'll look at next week that I think offer better value, um, at least until um, yeah, we see Leeds at full strength. I mean, their next uh, few games, they've got, like we said, Spurs, Brighton, then Palace, then Brentford um, in the next four. Then they've got Chelsea, City, Arsenal, Liverpool. Um, after that, um, which yeah, that that concerns me. I think it's a case of if I have Rafinha, hold him you for the next him. four. But that you would don't buy. yeah, like someone like me that doesn't own him, it leans me towards um, yeah, again towards Diogo Jota because I know that the the run of he plays for the better side. The run of fixtures is longer. Um, and I'm not booking in a transfer in game week 16 uh, to uh, push him out. Um, although now saying that, I've, I'm planning to use my wild card in 15. I could potentially uh, bring in Rafinha, have him for four weeks and uh, ditch him on my wild card, uh, which could work out. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Right. That's, that's, that's Thank you very much for that, Rob. Uh, hopefully that's given you guys some detail to to look at in terms of who to who to bring in and um, comparing it to any other options that you might be looking at, at the moment right let's move on to our next uh, hot topic which i think will be a lot uh shorter in time and which is benching during christmas period and looking at the kind of fixtures and w i guess the question is do we need a strong bench over Christmas? And uh, for those that are on YouTube, you'll be able to see some uh, stuff on screen now, which has all the dates and game weeks, etc. when the teams are being played. And uh, Rob, you did some analysis on this. Uh, what is your conclusion? We'll go straight into the conclusion. Um, oh, well, not necessarily conclusion. What's your, what's your findings? What's your findings? Uh, I mean, it, it's, I mean, we have to note that um, this doesn't include, uh, so for Arsenal, Brentford, Chelsea, Leicester, Liverpool, Tottenham and West Ham, um, it doesn't include the games on the 22nd and 23rd, I think I'll, I'll say. Um, 21st of, and 22nd. 21st and 22nd of the uh, uh, Carabao Cup. finals. Are you, go, are you going to the... Uh, uh, if I can get a ticket, yeah. So um, within my points range, I can apply for tickets tomorrow at one o'clock. So I'm going to apply. Uh, well, hopefully I get one. Yeah, you'll be jealous if you don't get one. 
Yeah, I will be annoyed. Guess he's, Sid, I, I, so, Sid, I've, I've you're going. going, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. In the home and um, Sid really wants a ticket as well. So I don't know if I can get, but he's he's only got two loyalty points. I've got five, so I don't know whether or not um he'll be able to get. But I'm going to try anyway. Yeah, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take the day off and uh, go up there early. My dad's working till late, so I'll go up there early. He can meet me, meet me up there. Yeah, and um, yeah. yeah, hopefully. Uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll be a Spurs fan for the evening, I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> oh, cheers, I, mate. Otherwise, well, all the people, they'll think I've got some sort of issue if I just sit there in silence like I did for the United game. What if I managed ago. to get you a ticket for the away end? Will you come with me and sit in the away end? No, because I get free drinks and food sitting uh, where my dad's Oh, right, is, okay, so. fair enough. Oh, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> um, right, anyway, so... Yeah, bearing in mind, um, there's that. I mean, normally, uh, yeah, the way that the fixtures go, um, it's even more packed in. Um, but we're quite lucky this year with Boxing Day falling on the Sunday. Um, that yeah, there's not that extra weekend fixtures that they're trying to squeeze in as well. Um, my instant thoughts. Um, were, I mean, the big problems are Leicester and Liverpool. Um, Leicester play Man City on Boxing Day and Liverpool two days after. Uh, Liverpool play Leeds on Boxing Day and then they play Leicester on uh, the 28th. Um, which, I mean, yeah, that's uh, it's obviously Leicester, it just puts Leicester completely out of the equation um, there. Um, but it may, although they have the two toughest fixtures probably the most likely to start their best 11 in both games um so yeah the maybe a cheap Leicester option um if you can find one um Everton have a really uh nice Christmas period they play Burnley on uh, the 26th and then uh then they don't play again until they play Newcastle on the 30th they have a nice three-day break there, and then they have a two-day break before they play Brighton, um, which, yeah, by far the the nicest of the uh, Christmas fixtures. Uh, United and Newcastle both play on the 27th rather than the 26th. Um, so they'll have, like, nine days um, from their wow. Game Week 18 fixture I think it's a nine days, maybe eight days uh, from their game week 18 fixture to the 27th in, for game week 19. Then they have a two day rest uh, for both of them. Uh, then United play Burnley at home uh, and Newcastle play Everton away on the 30th. Then United then have a three day rest and then play Wolves at home uh, on the 3rd of January. Um, whilst Newcastle play uh, Southampton on the 2nd of January. So they've got a nice break. Um, Wolves start off the Christmas period really tight. They play Watford on the 26th and then Arsenal on the 28th. But then after that, they have five-day break, uh, which is the longest break that anyone has in this period before they play uh, Man United on the 3rd of January. Um, City, obviously... Uh, a big worry. They play Leicester, then a gap of two games, then Brentford, 
a gap of two days than Arsenal, um, which means they're, they're, I mean, a lot of these teams are very unlikely to train. Wolves will probably have three days of training. Um, some of the teams will get one day where they've got a gap of three days because it's normally um, they'd normally have the rest day or the day after rest and recovery, then a training session. They might have a lighter training session the day before. Um, so yeah, some of these teams will get one and a half, two to two training sessions in there. But yeah, Wolves are going to get three ahead of that United fixture, um, which is interesting. Um, yeah, City very unlikely to have much of a training uh, session. We know they're liable to rotate as it is anyway. Um, it would have been nice because knowing that like historically against Arsenal, they do do very well. Um, in the last few years, they've absolutely smashed Arsenal a few times, haven't they? Um, but there's that Brentford fixture, which would have been lovely to target uh, with City assets. But I just, I don't think I could um, mm. with that sort of turnaround. Um, I'd probably still have Cancelo um, and maybe one of the defenders and that's it. Yeah, because I was thinking, what what play, what teams are we going to be having? Or when I say we, I mean the FPL community around this time. And that uh, you know, I'm looking at uh, Chelsea. A lot of people have got Chelsea defenders, and during that time, so they've got Villa on the 26th, and then uh, Brighton on the 29th, followed by Liverpool on the second. So, is it likely that the likes of James and Chilwell might get a rest for that Brighton game on the 28th ahead of Liverpool, which is a massive yeah. game? You know that. Those are the things that this analysis we should be looking at to identify and go right. Are are these players likely to get a rest between that game? Those that have a big game um, after that, um, you know, West Ham. We've got a game on the twenty second, a few day break. Then on the twenty sixth, we've got Southampton at home. On the twenty eighth, we've got Watford away, and then the first of Jan, we've got Palace away. Does Antonio get a rest against Watford on the 28th? Maybe. Hmm. You know, the, these are the kind of things um, that this is really helpful to identify. Yeah, I mean, especially with Chelsea, we could also factor in... Um, are they playing Brentford in the Carabao Cup? I think it's Brentford that they've drawn. Um, yeah, so, I mean, if they make it through to the semi-finals of the Carabao Cup as well, they've got that added on, um, which probably then you'd maybe think that Brighton game could be a completely different 11. Um, especially with, I mean, the players that would play in that game, um, they've a lot of them are featured quite prominently already this season. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, it would still be a really good side, but it, yeah, I can't see them going full strength against Brighton with uh, Liverpool uh, around the corner. Um, yeah, other than like the big side, I mean, out of, so let's say, United, City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Leicester, Spurs. Um, I mean, Spurs, reasonable as well. Um but maybe the Southampton. I mean, it, with Spurs, it all depends how they're um, how they're getting on uh, in a month's time, um, really. But out of United City, uh, Liverpool, Leicester, 
Um, I think yeah, United have probably got the kindest uh, fixtures that we pretty much know with where they are now that they'll almost be full strength through that Christmas period. Um, yeah. There won't be much rotation there. Um, City, possibly that Brentford game could be one for rotation. Um, Liverpool, the Leeds game, depending how Leeds are by then, could be the one for some rotation. Um, and as you said, that Chelsea, with Chelsea, that Brighton game. With Arsenal, I don't think they have the squad depth um, to really rotate. Like, the the assets that we all uh, like at Arsenal, um, yeah, Bamiang, uh, Saka, Smithrow, I think they all probably start all three games in that period because they're, and they're, I mean, apart from Aubameyang, the other two, they're young um, and I, I don't think they're going to get that fatigue that uh, some of the other players would. Um, so actually Arsenal as well could be a team to have a couple of assets from, but yeah, just be wary of that City fixture on New Year's Day. Um, but all in all, yeah, it's it's interesting food for four, and I think it's something that you kind of, if you haven't got your wild card, you need to start thinking about, um, like knowing that you're going to need uh, at least two playing subs uh, on your bench. I think for this period. Um, Here's a question for you because this is one debate that I've heard within the community and it's not specifically around Christmas but just in general. Uh, you know from previous discussions that I don't like having uh, eight good attackers, right, because I've, I don't really like benching headaches. When I say eight good attackers, I mean the likes of Smith Rowe as a fifth mid, for example, right, um, because then it does create huge benching dilemmas. Um, I prefer to have maybe Brownhill as the fifth attacking uh, fifth midfielder, which therefore means he's my third sub. Uh, and at the moment, you could have Livermento second sub and maybe, you know, I don't know, a James or a Fina or someone like that as first sub, right? Um, do you think during this time it's worth having eight strong uh attackers so eight players that you would be happy to play but then bear in mind you might have to bench Rafinha's Smith Rose uh, Gallagher's etc yeah I mean I think that the way that the fixtures fall you could like Smith Rowe and uh, Gallagher prime example like I think it's a case of you bench them but they might actually end up playing um, because someone else in your team's been uh, is doesn't play, um, but they're the type of players that are perfect to do it because then you've still got points coming off your bench. Um, whereas mm. if you've got, say, Brownhill, yeah, there's an outside chance he does pick up uh, points and come in there. But he would be like third sub. So you do, do you not think Brownhill would, is good as a third? Like you need a better third sub than Brownhill. Yeah. It's essentially my question. As a third sub, you need someone better than Brownhill. Yeah, I think having a third sub that has might not necessarily always score you three to five points, um, but someone that has more of an opportunity 
to score you three to five points or more um, would probably be better served. And maybe you to you maybe have your third benching spot. Um, yeah, your last benching spot where you're wanting to go for a cheaper, just get a 3.9 defender in. Um, I mean, just try like be don't try and get all over excited with your transfers and just maybe use one just to drop a player that maybe has a tougher run of fixtures um over the next few weeks um like there's a few teams out there with the likes of ben white and tierney um around like yeah just drop them down to just get rid of that money free that money that you can then use to put into having a five-man midfield that has the chance to get you more points because like yeah with over that period with arsenal like they've got a tough run coming up um and then in that christmas period yeah they've got norwich then i mean wolves might not necessarily like they've been a lot better would that be a game that you'd start uh, a ben white in probably not like I mean, Tierney's probably a bit um, more of a question to ask, but someone like Ben White that you'd literally, you've had there just as a backup anyway, because he's, he doesn't really offer much as an attacking um, threat. Like, why why have him there not just sitting on your bench when you could have a 3.9 sitting on your bench and use that money to then have the likes of Smith Rowe, Gallagher, uh, Rafinha, um, Jotter, if that's still an option, um, and you could fill up your midfield there. And we know that, like Harry Kane and Hyunmin Son, over that Christmas period, they've got Palace, then Southampton, then Watford. It's like it's arguably the best combination of fixtures in that period. Um, so, yeah, it's. Uh, It's it's one I think yeah you need to start thinking about addressing now, um, especially I mean I that's what I'll be doing on my wildcard I'll I'll be trying to address um, that Christmas period within my wildcard otherwise you're going to end up using your wildcard at Christmas to try and yep and at, at that point I think and then you don't want to do that you want to save it right yeah you, then you I think you. Then having to spend a lot of time planning ahead uh, through February, March, April, uh, and I don't think you're going to be think you're going to be holding on for a lot a long period of the season where everyone else has that flexibility to move in and out of the doubles and blanks later on in the year. Agreed. Right. Okay. Game week twelve is upon us in a few days' time. Uh... Should we have a look at our sides? What we're thinking to do? Um, Initial so... thoughts, and then um, we will probably be streaming on Thursday for our um, live stream, and we can go through uh, some more stuff then. But what's your kind of initial thoughts for for your side, mate? Um, my initial thoughts at the moment: this is my bus team. So uh, Gaeta in goal, obviously Sanchez uh, suspended. Chilwell, Veltman, Rudiger, Cancelo, and Simicas uh, pending Robertson um availability um at the moment i've got yes salah and bumo in midfield five two three and then huang antonio 
and I'm going against the crowd. I'm. This is a hundred percent captaining Ronaldo this week. Ring the bell. Ring the bell. Yeah. <laughs> so it's either I'm either going to be uh, at one point three million this time next week, or I'm going to be in the top hundred k. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. This is this is the big week where I'm going against the grain. Um, I hope I have more luck than you did when you uh, captain Havertz. Well, you got balls, mate. And to be fair, like I don't think there's a better week to do it at the moment. No, and I think um, he's. If you are going to do it, this is this is the best best uh, captaincy option to to go for. I, I mean, I, so I, I don't. If you took it, ownership out of it, if like, and you did it solely on fixture, like you didn't look at anything else apart from like the fixtures that the players have got, it would be Ronaldo, then Kane, then probably Son, and then it might be Salah. Yeah. And like even even then, like Antonio probably could squeak in there with an outside chance um, ahead of him. I That's, that's my thinking. I, I think that Ronaldo's so much a better option um, for captaincy this week. It's the week to go again. If I had Kane, I'd have the captaincy on Kane this week. No, and that's not yeah, even looking. It's not even yeah, but it's not even looking at the result last night. Or like if you forgot about the form more recently, um, yeah, I'd, I think I'd be captain in Kane. Even with the recent form, I'd probably take the gamble on the differential captaincy of Kane. But it seems that it feels like it's it's a good, really good week to go against Salah because there won't be many of these weeks where you can go against the grain and make a a big a big move. So for me, this is the week. Um, I don't blame you, mate. Don't blame you at all. Potential move could be um, Gray uh, onto Jota, um, whereas. Uh, yeah, Gray would obviously start, and then I'd probably drop, uh, if not Simicast, then Rudiger. Um, just I feel like that could be a bit risky. With I'm not sure about the clean sheet against Leicester, who have performed a little bit better in recent weeks. Um, if not that, uh, then it'll be benching Huang. Um, he's obviously got your boys. Um, and I think, indeed, I think with the strength, not like the strength is in good defensively, but just general strength of the um, the West Ham defence. I think Wang he might struggle a little bit because he, um, he he's not like. Well do you not want the double small. Do you not want the double up of Wang and King? Throwing Greenwood as well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean the bench of yeah, Sar, Smith Rowe, and Gray at the moment. As I say, at the moment it's probably Gray to Jota. I've got a couple of million sitting in the bank um, to do that move. Um, was half tempted during the international break to take a hit, but I think I'm too close, getting too close to the wild card now to start hitting when I don't really need to. I think it's a strong team. Uh, more or less anyway um 
I could take a hit and drop uh, Rudiger down to someone really cheap, like a Livermento, um, and then push uh, Gray up to Sun um, if I wanted to. Um, okay, but I don't think I don't think it's I don't think it's worth it. Um, although well, we can talk about, I did I did mention earlier about uh, to you about Sun injured, but he did get a goal and assist uh, this afternoon. For South Korea, and he's flying back, so yeah, he's not injured. <laughs> yeah, he was a uh, Right, my moves are going to be one of two. I'm still very undecided. It is either going to be Havertz and Diaz out. Well, that, that's a definite, so Havertz and Diaz out. It'll either be for Jota and TAA or to Sun and Royal, Emerson Royal. I'm unsure. The plan was always Sun and Emerson Royal. Um, but I'm leaning towards Jota and TAA at the moment. And that will make my side a bit more template as well, which will, when we spoke about kind of ownership stuff and ownership strategy, it, it makes my side um, kind of fall more in line with that. Again, going back to, um, I think that puts me back to exactly where I was pre, you know, for, for game week one to five about the strategy, if I do those two moves, because uh, TA has got an 85% ownership in the top 10k and I don't have him that's a problem mm. um, whereas last week when I did uh, really well with Cancelo, Chilwell James and that kind of uh, Rafinha, all of those people performing had Armstrong as well before that Liverpool game my rank was like 22k then after that Liverpool game because of TAA, my rank went up to like 45. Mm. And it's all those points that I earned from those players kind of got cancelled out because of TAA. So, yeah, that's a kind of moves that I'm looking at this week. I haven't yet decided and I probably wouldn't have decided by Thursday. But I, think, um, I've, I, I do like the, the like the Liverpool triple up, especially with the run of fixtures coming up for them. Um, we have seen Arsenal be better, but this Liverpool side, I think, is the best that they've, like, in the last four years, this potentially could be the best that they've been. Um, like, that will mean I'm benching Rafinha. Because there's nowhere else. Who else do I bench? Who Tell me who else I would bench. Yeah, but, uh, no, I'd, uh, no, I'd agree. Like, And this is a Spurs defence that have had two, well, now had, what, three and a half weeks working under Conte. Like, not many of the Spurs defence went on international duty um, like yeah, Larice did and um, I think they, Ben Davies might have done but the rest of them all stuck at home because they've yeah. been shit <laughs> simple as that none of them have warranted being called up <laughs> um, right uh, that's it for today do you want to go through some housekeeping mate uh, yep, let's quickly have a look at our mini league table because we haven't had a look at that uh, for a while. Tenth uh, place, uh, John Malik. Uh, he's moved up into the top ten on seven six nine points. Then ninth, we've got Matthias Bjorgu. Bjorg. Uh, we'll go with that. I'm sorry if I've murdered your name there. Uh, on seven hundred and seventy points, uh, Rich Kirk on seven seven one. Greg Cook on seven seven two in seventh place. Joseph Simsota on seven seven five points in sixth. Um, Just Scott on seven 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 points in fifth. Uh, Pontus Gunyake 
uh, on 7.92. John Leaf on 8.03 um, in third. Tom Glover on 8.04 in second. And James Twiddy uh, on 805 points in first place. Uh, I actually had a beer with James uh, a couple of weeks ago, James Twiddy. Um, oh, really? Is he the one that lives in Horsham? Yes, yeah, he lives just well, just outside of Horsham, and uh, yeah, he's uh, he, he, yeah, absolutely ecstatic about uh, the start of his uh, season. Yeah, it's, I know, it's so far, um, yeah, so yeah, and another good game week as well. Seventy-eight. What's his points. rank? Up there, I think he's in the top couple of hundred. Uh, he's oh, top of he's bit. top of the big FPL mini league as well at the moment. Um, yeah, he's right up there. So he yeah. is six hundred. Well, oh, bang six hundred. Six hundredth in the world. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Uh, not a bad start. But, uh, <laughs> not a bad start. Oh, it'd, it'd do well. It'd do well to finish outside uh, like the top hundred k uh, now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, well done to all of you guys. Still a long way, way, long way away to go. We're not. Not even a third through the season yet. That's mad. <laughs> Three and a half months in and we're not even a third of the way through. Um, but this time next month, we'll be over halfway through. Um, right. So, yeah, that's uh, all of that. Um, other than that. Back on Thursday. Back on Thursday. Oh, we need to start planning uh, for our World Cup previews next year because that's going to take a while. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah um that'll be uh that'll be well who fun. do we not who do we i mean we could start plugging it every week just you know if someone is from this country let us know was it serbia we don't have anyone from yeah serbia, I, right? I think maybe i i think over the next week uh what i'll do is uh yeah start contacting the guys from last year um well from the euros um and getting um our rep sorted for that. I mean, it could be shocking. Uh, James Johnson uh, may not be able to be. May not even be right? there. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. He can, but it he, could be our England rep, right? Well, no, we'll get we'll, if, unless James wants to. Do yeah, it we'll, we'll get we'll get James to come on. Um, yeah, he might he might just have to be a like an average Joe that just comes and yeah. joins in. He can when you're off in guitar. Yeah, <laughs> when you've decided to. Don a camel and head well, off to the desert. Well, you're more likely to go to Qatar than I am, to be fair, with your dad being in England. Uh, Fingers crossed. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm not sure whether if he'd take me along with him, to be honest. Um, okay. Yeah, it's, a, it's quite a, it's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Let's be fair. Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, over the next uh, yeah, few months, we'll pop that in. Um, we'll just do a quick shout out of all the different countries we still we're looking for uh reps for um we'll probably end up being recording through september october and november um to prep for it because, well it won't even september it'll be like all of october will be uh recording probably for previews for the world cup but yeah, it's, it's still a way away but we've got to got to start got to start somewhere with the planning for it of course right uh 
so thanks for tuning in you can find us on twitter at fpl underscore happy hour we're also on spotify itunes and all those other podcasts loads around uh, and our youtube channel is fpl happy hour please like subscribe and share and all your retweets are appreciated uh, we'll be back on thursday at around half nine we'll tweet out when uh, we'll start recording uh, but so until then we'll speak to you then bye bye cheers guys Thank you.